Benvenuto to Kimberly's Italy. Welcome to Kimberly's Italy, a podcast about our love of all things Italian. The people, the cuisine, the cheese, the cheese, (laughs) the art, the history, the cheese, the wine, the cheese, you name it, we love it all. My name is Kimberly Holcomb, and I am here with Tommaso. Buongiorno, bella donna. Buongiorno, come stai? Molto bene. Bravo! He's getting so good. (laughs) I am also a travel planner, and I share these stories with you so that you can learn a bit before you go, yet also to offer my travel planning services to those that appreciate my insider knowledge, and for those that want to eliminate the stress of potentially making the wrong decision. Wrong place to go, wrong place to stay. Not enough dinner reservations. Exactly. Because in the end, I think a vacation should be perfect from day one until the very last one. And as an example of that, last night, it must have been two o'clock in the morning in Italy and all of a sudden you hear, ding, (laughs) and you get a text of two Prosecco glasses clinking. Okay, this is the perfect place, actually, to start this podcast on Positano. See? I did indeed make these two women happy. Right? So I have these two clients named Anne and Kelly, who arrived in Napoli very late last night, and I arranged for a driver to pick them up. And by the time they got to their hotel in Positano, the terrace bar was closed. Cuso. Boo. Right? So the concierge got them a bottle of wine, and it was was closer to like 7.45 our time. I was downstairs in my office, and I get a text and I look and it's a little short video clip of their two hands holding wine glasses aloft in the air above the little balcony of their terrace. There's a full moon in the background with the reflections down on the Tyranian sea. It was so perfect. And they wrote, (laughs) thank you so much for this room with a spectacular view. So I wrote back and I said, you're very welcome. And by the way, I arranged for that full moon to be out because (laughs) (laughs) that's part of my travel planning services to extra nice clients. Yes. Well, we appreciate what you can do, but let's not go over the top. (laughs) They laughed. (laughs) I also complimented their perfect manicures. And I find that (laughs) so awesome that women go on vacation, they get a manicure and a pedicure. That's the sign of like excitement for Mm -hmm. a vacation. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this episode is on Positano. It's the most popular, the most famous, and therefore the most visited village on the Amalfi Coast. And I have to share this story first. The name behind it supposedly, this is an old legend, it comes from the sailors. And this legend was told to me the first time I was in Positano, which I mentioned in our last episode, I was there for a fashion shoot years ago. So we're shooting on the beach and this old local gentleman came down and asked what we were doing, all interested. And then he said, well, you do know why Positano is named Positano, don't you? I said, no, I don't. And he said that sometime in maybe the 10th century, a ship, cargo ship was off the shore and stuck there due to no wind, zero wind at all. 
and days and days went by and they were running out of food and water. So finally the sailors could see a few little houses and buildings to the people that lived there and they called out, Poza, Poza, which is translated into like, uh, put me here, put me down here. Sure enough, according to the old man on the beach, the wind picked up the next day, the ship came into town, and ever since, it was called Positano. Wow. Isn't that cute? Mm -hmm. Also, on this cargo ship, not only were they taking cargo here and there, they actually had an icon, a sculpture of the Virgin Mary. And part of the legend also is that, well, first of all, it was a Byzantine icon, so they brought it ashore, and she brought good luck to this village, Posa, Posa. And then later, a couple hundred years later, maybe at the most, they built the church, Santa Maria Assunta, the main church in Positano, and its dome is Byzantine tile. Wow. Right? And you can't miss it. It's like the main attraction of Positano, and it's stunning, and you look at it, and you know that's an influence from somewhere else. It's not like the rest of of the coast. So there you have it. I love those legends, folklore. Do you you think the gentleman was trying to impress you with his knowledge or do you think that one or two of the models probably (laughs) come down to the beach? Just, just asking combination, maybe, but you know, they're so proud. So they tell the history and we all admitted we were first timers and uh, most people were from other countries. It was all our, the crew I was with were from all different countries and it was all of our first time. So he was happy to share his story of his hometown. And let me just finish up by saying, if you happen to be in Positano on the 15th of August, which is what they call Ferragosto, that is the main vacation day that our friend Augustus, the emperor, declared after all this hard agricultural work that the 15th of August should be a day of rest. But now they take it, you know, they start the week before and end the week. start three months before and and the week later. (laughs) So Ferragosto is the Italians' true summer vacation day, week, month, etc. But it's also the day they said that the Virgin Mary ascended. Hence, the Santa Maria Assunta, the Ascension of the Virgin Mary. So they say that on the 15th of August, that some of the old fishermen go in their little boats, turn around and face the coast and say, posa, posa. <laughs> Isn't that great? But I've never been there on Ferragosto, so I can't verify it. Okay. But let's pretend it does happen because I think it's a very sweet story. Sounds like a good story. Yeah. So Positano is beautiful and colorful and it goes straight up the mountains. It's really dramatic and steep. And all of the exteriors, the majority of the exteriors of these houses and buildings are stucco and they're painted a very bright color. So it's reds and oranges and yellows. And when you come up to Positano for the first time from the water, you see that church with the Byzantine dome and all these colorful buildings. And you're like, wow, like it's (laughs) impressive and stunning. And on top of it, There's an abundance of azaleas and geraniums, wisteria, all kinds of tropical plants, much more than what we're accustomed to in America. And they grow everywhere up the sides of the buildings. They're like vines. 
and on top of all the little railings of the balconies. So flowers and color everywhere on top of the color itself. And then there's even these trees that were brought from South America originally called Palo Borracho, which is Spanish for, uh, translate to like a drunken stick, but then they joked it's a drunken trunk of the tree. And every single one of these trees has these like pink magenta colored flowers that last for the entire season. So you walk around, you have the scent of all these flowers and the color. And then let's add on top of that, the lemons, lemons are everywhere and they, some restaurants, you know, go for it and kind of set a stage of, they paint like an old little wheelbarrow, bright green or something. They fill it with these lemons that they're like the size of a softball and they have big leaves on them or they hang them from the sides of their stores. And also most of the little alimentari stores that sell cheeses and wines, Ainoteca stuff like that, they have the dried pepperoncino, that beautiful rich red color, dried peppers. So there's just color everywhere. And you realize you walk around and it just makes you so happy. You're just seeing colors, smelling things. It's a very happy place. And obviously we checked off one of the boxes, Rome, in the past year, when I haven't been to. But I, I want to go there when everything isn't blooming. Oh, <laughs> when it's not blooming. <laughs> yes. he, says, he says that, Tommaso says that right now because he just took another Zyrtec. <laughs> this entire weekend he was knocked out with... Um, Allergies. Yes. Okay, so you need to go in December. I'm fine. I'm okay. Good. I'm good with it. <laughs> oh, God, that's sad. Well, anyway, the village itself is basically split in two because of the shape of the mountains. And the north side receives the beautiful sunrise. The south side gets the sunset. So you should keep that in consideration when you're choosing your accommodation, whichever you prefer. And since all of these buildings are so close to each other, they have these little walkways to to go through them because there are no streets per se. It's all salitas, all walkways. You can only drive a car down to a certain part and then it's just walking. So if you choose a hotel or some kind of accommodation, a rental, whatever, that's in this walking district, but at the top part of it, Keep in mind, that's a long way to carry some luggage. And these uh, suitcases that everyone has now, ourselves included, with the fancy handles and the the wheels, yeah, not a good combo. No. (laughs) They wouldn't last long. And what would be worse than knocking off one wheel like the first week of your vacation, right? But anyway, so you have to keep that in mind. But a lot of these accommodations know this. So they have the equivalent of like a Tibetan Sherpa that actually comes down and carries your bags. So there's a few things to know about where to stay in Positano. So I'm just trying to tee you up here a little bit. And no matter where you choose to stay, you're just going to be blown away at how beautiful it is and how colorful, like I just described. And speaking of colorful Franco's Bar. I think I mentioned that in our little introduction episode. Franco's Bar at La Sierra News, the most famous hotel in all of Positano. 
but the bars, this like happy explosion of color. La Sierra News is run by the same family, the Sarsale family, who converted their family home into a hotel in the early 1950s, and they've been running it ever since. And the bar is on a terrace, on the main terrace of the hotel, and its main attraction, besides the view below it, is this screaming, dark yellow, neo-baroque fountain. It goes from the floor up to the top. It is, it's like a wall fountain. Hmm. And then the, you know, the main part of the water right. comes out in the middle. But the color right away takes you back because it's like the color of the sun against the color of the blue sky and the that deep terranean blue of the water. So all your senses just go, whoa. And then to add to it, their chairs are this deep, deep sea blue, and they have these tiled tables, you know, where you put your cocktails, which are served in colored Venetian glass. The whole thing is such an incredible experience, and they don't take reservations, so you have to, because it's a bar, you know, so you have to either go early, they open at five, and they close late at like midnight or 1 1 a.m., So Anne and Kelly are probably there right now as we're recording this (laughs) because it's been on their bucket list forever. But travel tip is dress nicely to go to the Sierra News. It's a treat and it's a it's it's a pricey cocktail, but it's it's inexpensive. Inexpensive. It's worth it. It's so (laughs) worth it. It is a gem of a place. And the history of it is so fantastic that the same family runs it. And just like La Sierra News, there's so many family-run hotels and restaurants in all of the Amalfi Coast. Like everywhere I stayed, my last trip there in 2019, everywhere we stayed, ate, whatever we did, it was a family-run place for generations. And that's the beauty of Italy in general, but the, the Amalfi Coast is full of that. So you feel like you're really getting a rich experience and get to know the Italians. Yet in the busy season, you should definitely make lunch or dinner reservations because there's not enough of these family-run places to accommodate the amount of visitors that go to the Amalfi Coast every year. And now that I mentioned that, I want to be completely honest and let you know that since it is the most visited village on the Amalfi Coast, it's very crowded during the high season And you just have to be prepared for that. You have to choose an accommodation that's a little off the beaten path or has a lot of private areas to relax, like a pool or a lot of terraces and terrace bars and garden restaurants, et cetera, because a lot of the people that go to Positano are day trippers. So if you are staying up high in one of these hotels, you can look down and see the boats leave with the masses toward the end of the day, Ah. then you can go walk around Ah. and enjoy it by yourself. So I would choose a place that allows for some comfort and privacy because what's not to love about laying on by the pool on the terrace, looking at this incredible coastline and this landscape and having, you know, a caprese salad with a limoncello served to you poolside, (laughs) right? So it is very crowded. And actually, I went online yesterday to look for pictures 
of Positano during the day because you can find images from that day knowing that these clients, Kelly and Ann, were arriving yesterday to Positano. And it was very crowded, shoulder to shoulder, that main walking Salita path that I told you about. But describe that path when you showed me the photo. It's only probably five or six people wide to get through. Oh, yes. It's narrow. So when it converges like that, I will say that I zoomed in on the picture and no one was smiling. The crush of humanity. <laughs> it was it was not not that great. However, I did see some posts this morning from a friend of mine from high school who's in Positano on his own. And the beach wasn't crowded. He was doing a paddle, stand-up paddle board. He did a five-mile cruise around the coast. He's quite athletic. And all the pictures he showed, it was pretty normal. So you never know. You can get lucky or not, but it is very popular. So do your homework beforehand and choose a good place or get in touch with me and I'll do it for you. I'll just say when I want to go, I don't want any flowers (laughs) and I want a good spot. Okay. Okay. Will do. If I don't do it, you won't do a good job producing this podcast. Certo. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to deter you from going at all because things will calm down. I think crowds are there right now because Italy remains the most beloved country in the world from all over. And it has been two years since people could travel there due to COVID. So they're there now and I'm sure it will calm down. And there's a long, long season ahead. Most of the hotels on the Amalfi Coast close early November, mid-November, and then they take a very well-deserved three-month vacation and open up again late March or Easter. So you and I can go like November 1st. No flowers, no crowds, and still really nice weather. Nice. We Remember, we yes. were in Puglia, which is like the same latitude, but on the east side in November, and we had, you know... Never wore a jacket. No, it was t-shirt weather. Right. It was wonderful. Little sunburn. It was perfect. <laughs> so besides strolling around the village of Positano itself and eating and drinking and all these great places and listening for the screams of Poza, Poza, another fabulous thing to do is to hike the Sentiero della Dei. And that translates to the Path of the Gods. It's about five miles long. And it's much more moderate if you start in the village of Bomarano, because then you walk down more than you walk up. And the elevation itself is only at like between 1,600 and 1,700 feet above sea level. So it's not like you get altitude sickness. No one I was with felt that at all. Was carrying oxygen. No. (laughs) And if you did the opposite, like if you started which I have seen like serious hikers tricked out, you know, and they're like tall and thin. I have seen them start deliberately on the water, on the beach, go through Positano, walk up to the village of Nocelle, which is where the other end is if you start in Bomerano. So they go backwards from the waterline up through Positano, straight, straight, straight up paved roads to Nocelle, then start that way. If you were to do that, or let's say this way, if I were to recommend that to you guys, 
you probably would never listen to another episode of ours. <laughs> probably Norwegians walking around with hiking poles and right and, and, and not even out of breath. Small babies trapped strapped to their back. Oh yes, exactly. So anyway, I recommend taking a bus or a private car to the village of Bomarano and starting there. And I highly suggest either very sturdy sneakers or lightweight hiking boots and a small little backpack with water. Because the last time I was there was 2019, same exact time frame as right now, mid to end of May, and it was hot. So we drank a lot of water, wear light colored clothes so you're not absorbing it. And it's just stunning. It, if you go on a normal clip, it takes about two and a half to three hours. But you stop every I don't know, every 50 yards and take endless pictures that don't really do it justice. But you stop and you just take in the whole view. You turn and take in the whole coast and you're just mesmerized because there's the sea and that color. There's the vegetation below. Then there's the stone mountain on top. And the coastline is so jagged and you can see who knows how far we were trying to guess. Can you see way past Napoli, but can you see, I don't know, Rome, it just seems to go forever and the air is so fresh and clean. So it takes you longer than it would. If you just did the whole five mile hike at a fast clip, it would take you two and a half hours. I think it took us about three hours, but most of the time you're on the little trail. And I will say for people that have a fear of heights, you could be nervous about it because it's narrow, 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 and a pretty deep drop at some points below. However, this woman, Anne, that's on the trip right now, told me that she did an entire two-hour Peloton workout to the video of this Path of the Gods trail. Two hours? She did sped it up. Oh. She oh. was riding a Peloton bike. For two hours? For, yeah. I, hmm. They're very fit. They did this hike today. Can't wait to hear. Okay. But anyway, so she got a feel for it. She saw the entire hike. Like, how cool is that? Oh, I see. I see. Get it? Yeah. So if someone does have a fear of heights, go online, find this video of it, and you'll know whether you can do it or not. It was. It's just stunning. But we kept stopping and taking pictures and just reveling in it. And most of the time you're on the path you know, in the open air on the side of the mountain. But for about a good 20 minutes or so, we were in this forest and this part was uphill. We were in this forest with so many ferns. Like I've never seen so many ferns in my life and these little babbling brooks and rocks and people had made cairns out of stones for however many years up and down these little creeks. And it was very fairy tale like and then all of a sudden you exit that and you're back on this <laughs> mountain with this incredible view so it took us about a good three and a half hours and at the end you know you're at the oh wait i forgot to mention there's all these ancient foundations that you come across so you're just hiking and hiking and walking and all of a sudden what's this an old stone foundation that might have been from a farmer's like a farmer's refuge, refugio, or 
a foundation of a little chapel, which Italians have them all over the mountains. So you're, you come across so many things and you can look down to see a few little villages, but primarily you're above everything and it's spectacular. And as I mentioned, I last did this hike in 2019 with a group of seven people. We started um, this trip in Umbria and then went to the Amalfi Coast for the last week. And seven of the eight of us went on, on the hike. And we took a bus from Amalfi, where we were staying, from the village of Amalfi, up to Bomarano. And we got up early because someone said, it gets really crowded around 10. So we got up early, took a bus and got there and there was no one. And we were so happy that we got up early, went there and had the place to ourselves. And then as the day wore on, you know, we came across some other people that were faster than us and taking less photos, <laughs> trying to make our own Karens in the little fern forest. And every person I've ever known that has said they've done this Path of the Gods hike no one has said, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> like, no, it was, I wouldn't do it again. Every single person I've ever met has said, what an experience, what a beautiful, my favorite thing of the Amalfi Coast. Wonderful. So I highly, highly recommend it. Is it okay in November? Yes. Oh, good. Yes, totally. <laughs> so at the very end of the trail, you know you're at the end because all of a sudden, you're still on like gravel trail, but all of a sudden there's an oasis on the left and it's this little shack. Well, not a shack. That's the wrong word. It's a little building and it's like a bodega. So you walk in and they make fruit smoothies and water. They sell fruit. They had a little panino or a brioche and they have this little deck, quote unquote, deck terrace out back. So all of us went back there and we ordered whatever. I ordered a beer because that felt like the right thing to do. And it was delicious after being in the heat and everything. So we all sat on this little terrace, which to be honest, looked pretty sketchy, like engineering wise. <laughs> <laughs> and one of, one of the men on the trip, Steve Stefano, as I called him, is an architect. He's looking around, he goes, Drink up, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so we just had a quick little, you know, reposa there. And then we carried on, on to a paved road to another restaurant that I had met, made a reservation at. And that was another like 20, 30 minute walk. And that was going to be our big treat and hang out there. And it was, but on the way shortly before, I just wasn't paying attention and I stepped off the paved pavement and I, and I'm only telling the story because it's got a funny ending. So I fell and my camera bag again went flying. I tend to do this a lot, wipe out with camera bags. And this was a big camera bag. Everything went flying, but Jan, the Danish guy that was with us came and got me together. We looked down at my foot. I was like, Ooh, ugly. So we get to the restaurant and I explained in Italian to the waiter I fell and would you happen to have a bag of ice? And he looked at my foot and goes, oh, first you need to elevate it. So he gets this unused chair and he puts my foot up on it. He goes, I'll be right back. So I'm chatting with everybody. And uh, as Tommaso knows, I get very faint <laughs> at anything. There was no blood here, but it was 
on my own body. So I looked at it and all of a sudden I've like kind of passed out in my seat. And here's the best part. So the next thing you know, the waiter's next to me and he only spoke Italian and he's leaning right in my face and he poured a glass of Coca-Cola into, sorry, he poured a can of Coca-Cola into a glass and then he grabs a little sugar bowl for people's espresso takes a huge spoonful of white sugar and puts it in the Coke. I'm like, Ugh. And, and he goes, baby subito, baby subito, drink it right away. I was like, oh, okay. So I did. I was like gagging. And literally one minute later, I was like, I feel great. <laughs> so Stefano orders some wine and we all had this awesome, awesome long lunch. But because of my foot, we decided to take the town bus down and we did. And that bus came up from above. Like, and this is in that little village I mentioned of Nocelle. So maybe there's more people that live above, but the bus was packed. And so we had to stand in the middle. They, they allow as many people on a bus in the Malfi coast that can fit. There's no, you know, there's, Mac, there's no maximum seating. 42. No. <laughs> so we're all on jammed into this bus. It was a little like seasick invoking type of drive down these switchbacks. We had all that wine. I had all that sugar. (laughs) (laughs) And we finally get into the village of Positano at the bus stop because then there's no more cars allowed. And that's when we walked down the same little main Salita from the photo yesterday. Same thing. Super crowded. We're like, oh, and no one wanted to do anything else. They just let, I said, let's just go to the beach and wait for the next boat to Amalfi. And we'll come back another day, late, late in the day or early in the morning. But we missed the bus. So we had to wait like over an hour. You missed hour. the boat, not the uh, bus. Sorry, we missed the boat. So we decided, well, there's my favorite place in the entire Amalfi Coast, the restaurant Tresorele. So we went up. We got a table and we sat outside and we had, I ordered like an iced tea and then everyone else did a gin and tonica and then it was like order envy. So (laughs) got a gin and tonica and then we missed that next boat because we were having such a good time. We finally got on the next boat, went back to Amalfi and it was such an awesome day. So I highly recommend the Path of the Gods hike. Start early, start in Bomarano, wear the right clothing, the right shoes, bring some water, pay attention to where you're walking, get yourself down to Positano and get off the beaten path if it's too crowded because it can be, as I mentioned, and you'll just think that was one of the best days of your life. And I think I'll end there. I mean, it's a good sentence. One of the best days of your trip, right? (laughs) Of course. I will end there. And our next episode will carry on with the little villages south of Positano, including the town of Amalfi, which is my personal favorite. So, allora, ci sentiamo la settimana prossima. And... Ciao, ciao. Tommaso says it's so much better. Ciao, ciao, amici. Ciao, ciao, amici. Okay. Bye-bye.